0: Well, what comes to your mind when you think of your HR BP? What's the HR manager's dream question? Why should we hire you? What do you do in 2021? What are you going to do differently? If you're still scratching your head as I am, this bus talk will be the comb to your scratches, the gel to the itches, the cover to the patches of your career. It may not raise your hair, but calm the head for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HR Talks. Friends, I have a fascinating discussion lined up for you today. It's about everything you wanted to know or ask, but were always hesitant to do so. The questions are designed to make you think and reflect at not just your leadership quotient today, but how it may shape your career tomorrow. So if you are a people manager, an individual contributor, knocking the doors of management or even a senior management leader, this episode is Right for you. I've divided the session into four segments. Each will dive deep into an aspect of people management. And to help us decode, I have invited a seasoned global HR leader, career and executive coach, program leader to share an unconstrained point of view on the why, what and how of people management at the workplace. Now, having spent time at Deloitte's, Goldman Sachs, Oracle and EY, this person brings a robust understanding, first-hand understanding of cross-cultural trends, people management experiences, insights on career management, and a range of topics on best ways to manage your career in the new normal. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Gopal Ayer. Gopal, great to have you on the show.
1: Pleasure is mine. uh, Thank you so
0: much. Excellent. So let's jump in. Now I've curated some questions from a variety of audiences um, and my audience is largely from the age group of 30, 35 through 50. There are sales managers, there are business development managers, there are leaders, operations, HR VPs as well. I interact a lot because a lot of people management conversations, senior leaders, and clearly there are some youngsters as well. So this questions will uh, resonate to such an audience. So it will range from tactical to strategic or even philosophical at times. So there are four sections, human resources, recruitment, developing talent, and probably end with a light uh, rapid fire section. The idea is to get a straight cut, brutally blunt version of the truth. And people are tired of listening to long-drawn, politically correct, sanitized and no pun intended, I know we need to sanitize a sanitized version of uh, well, carefully curated, prepared remarks, which often does not really address the point. So are you all set? Absolutely. All right. Let's uh, jump into the first section. Hello and welcome to Bus Talk, a podcast about your work-life balance or the lack thereof, where we do simple talk in the world of complex commentary the life around work and sundry. It's for those who need support in strife, stuck in the traffic of work life, hoping to find a method to the madness, joy in sadness, clarity in confusion and sanity in this commotion. Welcome to Bus Talk. All right, thanks so much for tuning in. We are in the third segment of this bus talk. In the previous segment, we spoke about recruitment, recruitment practices, and I'm sure it must have been really insightful for many. In this segment, we're gonna talk about what do we do with what we have, the existing talent, uh, both from an HR's perspective, from a hiring manager's perspective, and see what are the best ways we can handle, manage, grow, develop talent, considering it's almost like what a rhombus structure, in the sense it's no longer a pyramid, where we have a few entry-level jobs and then they become team leads or managers and that becomes the fat belly but then from the mid management to senior management is an incredibly diff- difficult journey because the roles are that much fewer and then there is corporate politics and then there is work and then which camp are you in and so on and so forth and so many other factors come into play but If you are a hiring manager, Gopal, and sometimes uh, it ties back to the earlier question on why are you looking for a rock star or a superstar? So, my question is if you are not a master Shifu, how will you handle a dragon warrior? Will you even be able to identify one? Uh, And if they do come along, suppose, you know, I, I come across a lot of managers or people managers being very insecure about their jobs, their capabilities, their abilities and so they want to hire people who are lower nobody will admit this openly they uh, in fact the moment they see someone who's displaying above average skills the, the guy will go attitude this person has an attitude problem i was like dude you're supposed to handle the attitude problem and channelize it into the right way but more often than not they don't want too many intelligent people asking too much of questions so question to you is if you are not master shifu how will you handle a dragon warrior?
1: We had probably about two generations or three generations of workforce in a workplace. Well, today, with with the advancements that we have seen in the technology and the kind of kind of people that are walking into organizations today, especially the millennials and and the Gen Is, I would say, would really make you wonder that what skills and competencies and capabilities do you do they have to be able to manage people? I think the the, the focus should move from managing people to managing outcomes and if, if, you're, if you're only focused on managing outcomes then you don't really need to and which is why if you really look at how and we touched upon this in the earlier segment as well as though you are not with a lot of experience you can be a great coach to, to someone who's very senior to you as well so it's not about experience that would matter it's about your ability to ask the right questions and guide this individual to get the right outcomes that matters the most uh, a classic example ramakan dachshrikar was never a great batsman himself uh, but he got such internal the legend for us how did he do that it was through coaching it was through his ability to be able to um, guide the individual to unleash the potential that this person has within himself similarly i think uh, we need to shy away from this entire or, or shed this in, uh, aspect of uh, i need to be master shifu to be able to guide this individual and and manage this individual and of course be human with that approach ask the individual what's happening in his life be empathetic have the right eq to ask and and, and understand what drives this person what doesn't drive this person so if you're if you're doing that even a millennial can be managing managing a baby boomer wonderfully well um, because the focus is only on getting the work done. Which is why gig economy is also growing in many ways because the focus is again on outcomes there, not so much about the individual and whether he's working or not or whether how many hours he's working or not, uh, but focus is more on outcomes at the end of the day to ensure that this person does what he's there to do.
0: So you're saying... If the person, as in the hiring manager, is secure enough in their ability to manage an outcome, then it doesn't really matter who you're hiring.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that that's another area where people need to be coached and, and probably given that kind of assurance by the leadership within the organization that they shouldn't worry about uh, whether this person has more skills about you uh, than you or not, and all of that, right? The the aspects that you shared earlier. Uh, it's, it's more about uh, focusing on the job in hand.
0: See, the trouble is, uh, not the trouble, the situation is that, go back to the earlier statistic, that if 60% of the country is below the age of 30, you have a lot of these young people, managers become uh, or get responsibilities before they are baked for lack of a better expression. So the little underbaked the classic example that there was this person who wanted to get promoted and become a team lead. Now, the person was on my head for a long time saying, promotion low, promotion do, give me, give me, give me. And one fine day the opportunity came along and I said, okay, become a team leader. And, and I mean, he was a good performer and all that, all the basic check boxes were there. But the moment he took up that role and he was managing his peers, the same set of people who he was hanging around with just till yesterday, <laughs> you know he totally you know was in for a rude shock I and mean, like he was asking for a forecast with the guy like so there was this barrier so this management of managing a peer let alone a senior so the challenge this person faced was that he could not handle his peers who he was hanging around with and so the question was then does experience and time and there's a Nice uh, writing on on an Amazon wall, uh, which says, "There's no compression algorithm for ex- experience." And I, I kind of resonate with that a lot because what we learned in say 20 years, you are more smarter. You'll probably do it in 18 or maybe even 17. But what one learns in 20 years cannot be done in five. That's that's one school of thought. And and we have been doing the same in the sense some of our leaders who became say a director at age. 55 we beat them by a good 10 years many of the previous generations became directors at 40 45s Mm. now we see that it's come down to 38 35 in general i mean there are always exceptions somebody here and somebody later but by and large the age has shrunk but there will be a threshold don't you think that no matter what you do you can't keep compressing it and expect this person to become fully baked and ready and people mature to handle someone who's been around a longer time i mean i i guess what you're trying to say is you don't need to be an automobile engineer to drive a car but on the flip side it would be bad if you did know how to drive a car right i mean it would be easier so yeah. you would have to spend that time
1: well i i mean i i have a slightly different view on that i mean i think it's it's the focus on the process uh that is more important than the time uh that is taken to be able to uh, get the work done. So in the past, if it took 20 years for someone to do something, it was on account of realities that existed then. Uh, they didn't have access to computers. They didn't have access to faster ways of getting things done. They didn't have access to knowledge and information as they ha- as we have today. I think today's reality in many ways is different with the fact that the bulk of workforce is, is millennials. And if we don't really give them that, that view that the leader that we choose will be one from within you, uh, I think that will add a lot to a lot much more uh, fear in them to say that I'm going to implant someone who's who doesn't belong to this group to get the work done. So that's, that's what happens and that's what fails typically. And only if you're able to the example that you gave where this guy was working with a set of peers and he suddenly became a team leader and he's now Uh, asking and becoming more demanding and all of that. I think probably we also need to focus on improving the process. Are Are we giving people the right experience in terms of applying for that promotion? Did 10 people apply to this promotion? Did one get selected out of them? Are we being transparent about the way we promoted this individual to the entire organization? Did we ensure that we are not playing the bias game or politics game in this did we ensure that we are coaching both the person who got promoted and the person who's, uh, who or people who are going to work with them to be able to make sure that there is no rift? Are we doing timely checks with this team to see if the, the work is getting done? Are we listening as as hiring managers or or, or business leaders or, or as uh, business partners, I would say? I think the answer to something is not to give it more time because there will never be a perfect time. The answer to getting something done is to do it and do it in the right process and learn through the process and continue to refine the process to improve the experience. Um, so I, I don't quite agree that we need to give, I mean, the half-baked problem will always be there because you're not focusing on the process, right? rather focus on the process. Have You have access to all the tools today, you have access to all the ability to communicate with people. And if you don't communicate well, then it's a problem that you will have in each space.
0: Fair point. There are no trial periods in management or in people management, right? You get coached to be a people manager, but then you are never promised that role. You can't make it public either, right? It's on your individual appraisal one-on-one. And yes, there are transparency, there are tools available. But the challenge also remains that no matter how much you coach someone theoretically with the tools, if someone has not been given those pilot projects that Uh, which lead up to the role, that's when often these kind of situations happen. That you're suddenly presented with a team in front, that is a jarring thing. And a lot of the organizations make the mistake of not leading up to that. So some of the leaders counter-argue with the point that, where is the time? Who's got the bandwidth? Ideally, what needs to be done, everybody agrees and knows. What is happening in reality, there is a delta there which says that I have only 11 hours a day. I can't make it 12 hours a day anymore. And within the 11 hour, I do not have time and bandwidth to further coach you and get you ready because so many things might happen. So you have to show that inclination to scale up. So in this process, do you think hiring managers are making a mistake? As in the leaders are making a mistake by not carving out time to develop talent, existing talent or because they're generally out of time. I mean, that's also a reality. It's not that they're giving an excuse. So what's your take on that? What's the classic mistakes the typical hiring managers are doing?
1: I agree. I mean, I think at the end of the day, the, the challenge is of people not being able to groom their people to grow. And and lack of time typically has been uh, given the top priority uh, as an excuse. But I, I also feel that we owe it to ourselves as individuals. To be able to work with ourselves to be able to lead better uh, unfortunately we don't te- teach leadership lessons or leadership virtues or values in any of our mba classes it's, even if it is if even if it is taught it's more uh, tactical and transactional in you versus how you be a leader and and uh, i think that's one of the deltas that we need to and it's it's not just in India. I think it's a it's a global leadership deficit problem. The only solution to that is how do you become more aware to the surroundings, to the situation, and how do you work? With, how do you work with yourself to be able to address that? If you are in a denial mode, you will always be in a denial mode. Uh, you will all you will never be able to learn. Um, the learnability aspect of an of a leader is what uh, makes them grow significantly faster and and more steeper in their careers. So. As an individual who is being given this, this project or task to grow uh, into a team leader position, I think as much as the organization needs to do its due diligence and, and things that they need to do, the individual also needs to own up because it is his career or her career at the end of the day to be able to talk more about that. So how do you become more self-aware? How do you have the right kind of confidence that you need to be able to demonstrate on the team? on the floor or on the table or on through the calls. Uh,
0: navigate through organizational politics. Is that a core set requirement these days?
1: Navigate through politics. Absolutely. Yes. But I, I mean, it's not just politics. Politics is not a bad word. It's, it's a way of life. And I think it's, it's, it's how it is. I mean, we can't really say that it is a bad thing or a good thing. Right. And, and how do you really understand that? And then, then think about whether you want to agree with it, disagree with it and being, being more, have the have the right set of confidence to call it a spade a spade, or a black a black a white a white, is is what is needed. And I think we often shy away because of the way I think a lot of uh, times it's also the culture that we are uh, brought up in. We stop people from asking the right questions or make. The yeah, right because
0: then you get branded questions. as the rebel. Yeah. the rebel. You get yeah. branded as the troublemaker or the yeah. question. Yeah. Whereas the expectation is fall in line, yeah, and do as directed. Um, yeah, and so yeah. that that's. Yeah. So you think the hiring managers are getting more insecure uh, because the jobs are at stake and the pressure is high, the risk of failure is because they know at the heart of it that if you choose not to do this job, there will be 358 other applicants.
1: The reality is that, unfortunately, the reality is that that the, the people managers, team leaders uh, kind of get insecure because of the fact that a lot of it is at stake
0: if given that's the situation, do you think it's better not to be a manager? Because you can literally, (laughs) you know, with this 360 degree feedback and all, life could become hell for this people manager, right? Like, you know, some of the people managers often ask me, if I have a tough love conversation, uh, then I run the risk of HRVP walking up to me and saying that, boss, what are you doing? So what's your take on that?
1: so uh, the answer for that that is not that uh, you should not be people manager you should actually you should absolutely be a people manager uh, because you chose you chose to work for a particular organization in a particular role and you knew what comes with it and what doesn't come with it and and if you have a difference of opinion or a change of heart at some point of time in your career maybe you want to think about a different career which aligns with your purpose often uh, i think uh, things go totally wrong when you're not in alignment with what the, what's happening around you uh, and the realities around you. So it's okay to take a pause and ask yourself these valid questions. Am I relevant? Am I doing what I s- I'm supposed to be doing? Is is this, is what I'm going to do or what I'm doing going to help me in the next 5-10 years? Or do I need to course correct and take a call what is more relevant for you at that point of time? And which has also given rise to a lot of people volunteering out saying that I don't want to be in this business, I this is not me. They of course associated with it, the organizational politics, but that's more than the politics piece of it. It's probably overwhelming for a lot of individuals to uh, live up to the, the entire, I would say, chaos and uh, pres- pressure and stress. And they need that time to wind down a status check of what is it that they need to do how do they want to go back and re-enter the workforce of course the other challenge is that the re-entry becomes a challenge that 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 we need to work towards but i think that's where also gig economy again keeps helping us in many ways that way so coming back to the question that you asked the answer is not that we should not pick up manager or managerial responsibilities the answer is to keep asking ourselves whether am i doing this role well or do i need to do something in terms of upskilling myself
0: but it can't be dependent on how the team defines what constitutes a good job isn't it because part of the role of a people manager is to give it direction course correct if someone has a particular belief system this uh, even if it means that goes against see the point i'm trying to say is you you're not here to win a popularity contest but on the other side you you are not here to be the most hated person either So striking a balance becomes difficult if there is a system where your team can skip level you and go and raise a complaint saying that, well, I don't agree with what direction the leader is giving the team. Whereas the maturity levels, and that ties up to our previous conversation, is that if the the reason that this person got hired in the first place was this people manager got hired in the first place was because that person has an understanding how to navigate off a given potential situation so that person should be ad- allowed adequate time to see that navigation happens if that after trying it has not worked out it's a different conversation but because of the difference in maturity levels at different echelons of management entry level or the lower management does not always necessarily see the vision that the mid manager or the senior manager has and at sometimes, as you would agree that they are not at a liberty to share what the 3-year roadmap is looking like and somewhere they have to give a piecemeal understanding that look, just focus on this year and yes, you were doing this in the past now we will do it like this. But with the current mechanisms that are in place where uh, you can report anonymously you could give feedback it almost becomes like a personal vendetta something which is absolutely necessary don't get me wrong I think 360 degree feedback is absolutely required it's absolutely necessary but it also has a chance of getting abused. And so what, in your opinion, should be the proper checks and balances so that the system is used for the right spirit for which it should be? It gives a platform to air you. And there are lots of those nasty managers and nasty bosses. And that's been largely the case in, in Indian corporate history, if you and globally as well. And so you need such mechanisms where you are freely able to. But it's almost becoming, it's like a troll culture where even if you say, the person is having an ice cream. Breaking news, he's having ice cream. Look at the way he's licking the ice cream. There are people dying out of poverty and he's having ice cream. Like, dude, I'm just having an ice cream. You know what I'm saying? It's like how you paint the picture. Somebody's chicken is someone's burger, right? So how, how do you bring about the checks and balances of a transparent system, which ought to be there in the first place?
1: So what you just said is, is the reality that exists, right? I mean, we can't really run away from the fact that The troll culture exists. Uh, We can't really go away or run away from the fact that we will have set of people who will uh, not conform to your beliefs and thoughts and ideas and eventually make the right decisions for themselves. But I think it all boils down to the very important simple yet most complexly handled process of communicating and when I say communicating it's not just about telling people or sharing what they need to do it's also about listening what they are feeling what they need to be doing uh, or or uh, what should you do to course correct. And and that's become in the last 12 months a lot more tougher, given the fact that we don't even see each other and and or be part of any team meetings in face-to-face where I had an option to say, I don't see that you're participative in this meeting. What's happening? What's running in your mind? Can you tell me that? In the virtual world that we are living in, with videos almost turned off, if someone is not speaking up, yeah, I mean, he didn't speak up. So he's not interested. And, and that creates another set of biases. Goes back to the same point, right? Are we as leaders self-aware? Are we as leaders aware about surroundings around us? And if you don't give time to each other to be able to determine whether it is the right way of doing things or wrong way of doing things, then we will have this troll culture continue to grow. Uh, unfortunately, there is no prescribed way of dealing with it. We didn't have a prescription or a, or a user manual to understand how to deal with COVID. Uh, I think we figured it out through the process in the last twelve months, by a lot of things like social distancing, masks, and all of that. There are a lot of things that will evolve in virtual people management uh, world as well, because uh, you need to you need to ensure that you give a little more time for your people to listen to them one-off times and and ask them how are they feeling, what are they, uh, I mean, what opinion they have. Uh, And and then of course, use filters to say, okay, this is something that I would want to work on. This is something that I'm not going to work on and and make the right decisions. And it's got to be an evolution.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Very, very insightful. I think that brings us to the end of this and final segment where... I think you touched upon something uh, very interesting. I think uh, on the people management part and managing existing talent, I think what you said was, don't worry about managing people, worry about managing the outcomes. I think a lot of people miss that. And if we're able to handle the outcomes, then rest of it will follow. I think we had a fascinating uh, discussion on 360 degree feedback and process. And I'm sure a lot of the people managers and the HRBPs who are listening to this will identify, this is like everyday existence. And, and so a good piece would be to have more listening ears so that you don't do crisis management and do some preemptive management if somewhere it's, something is headed in that direction. Well, that's all we had time for this segment. And we are going to move into the rapid fire segment. It will be a quick fire, straight blunt talk. It's no coffee with Karan kind of a thing, but uh, (laughs) coffee with Gopal, if it were, and filter coffee at that. (laughs) But, you know, see how that turns out. So we'll jump in in just a bit. And that's about it for this episode of Bus Talk. I do hope you had a good time listening as much as I had sharing these thoughts with you. And if you did, just scroll below and find other episodes of Bus Talk. Share it with others who might appreciate similar content. Here's the good news though. If you had any specific questions or want me to cover a specific topic which matters to you, send me a note on my email gyanban at gmail.com which is g-y-a-n-b-a-n-n at gmail.com and I'll include them in the subsequent episodes. Or... You could leave me a voice message using the link below. Reach me on my social media handles on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Hashtag G-Y-A-N-B-A-N. That's Gyanban. Or you could go on to podpage.com forward slash bus talk. That's B-A-S-T-L-K. So be sure to tune in next week. There's a fascinating episode coming right up. And till then, stay safe, stay well, and bring your A-game to work. You are listening to Bus Talk, and I'm your host, GB. Peace out.